gamies, and welcome once again to the Global Poker Award-winning Poker in the Ears. I am Global Poker Award-winning Uncle Daddy Joe Stapleton. He is my Global Poker Award-winning work wife, James Hardigan. All right, Joe, don't overdo it. And by the way, happy Bring Your Global Poker Award to Work Day. I did not bring it to work. More on that later. Coming up on today's show, by the way, I am definitely going to overdo it in this show. We only get one chance to do this. It's never going to happen again. So coming up on today's show, don't we look stupid? You know, you know those, uh, uh, the, the Mardi Gras beads, like everyone's like, oh, those are dumb. Who cares until someone's handing them out? And you're like, I want one. I want one. <laughs> That's how I feel about the Global Poker Awards. We got some. Well, we got one. Uh, I was able to attend the awards, and for those of you who didn't see it live, I've got a few stories I can share. Uh, we're going to go over the relevant winners and losers of note, uh, and we'll be speaking to one of those winners directly, Veronica Brill, who took home an award for her seemingly tireless efforts to make the poker world a better place, specifically in this case, in the form of getting a new van for K.L. Cleeton, a fellow who's become a fixture in the community who is bound to a wheelchair. We're going to talk to Veronica about all that stuff coming up later in the show. This week's super fan is Wayne Gartner, and I had to watch the goddamn Rocky Horror Picture Show. We know you weren't looking forward to it. We will discuss that in detail later in the show. We need to start with some breaking news. And I know the idea of breaking news on a pre-recorded show that comes out 24 hours later <laughs> is a bit silly. But just before we went to air, ladies and gentlemen, the dates for EPT Monte Carlo were confirmed. Now, I know a lot of people are very interested Ooh, in our live event I'm schedule <laughs> for 2022. And understandably, bits and pieces of information are coming out as the world gets back to normal. So the two key headlines here, and by the way, this comes 24 hours after we announced the Bounty Builder series, which obviously is an online series, which is going to impact on the Sunday Million and our live streams of that tournament for the next couple of weeks. But as far as live poker is concerned, EPT Monte Carlo taking place end of April, beginning of May. But the other equally big news, in my opinion, is the return of some of the regional tours that we have not run oh, since 2016. Great. Which ones? The UK IPT, the UK and Ireland Poker Tour. It's cool. back. The Eureka Poker Tour. It's back. The Australia's returns. The yes. France Poker Series back on the agenda. So if you go to PokerStarsLive.com, the website's going to be updated in the coming weeks, in the coming months, with future events. Great to see, speaking personally, the UK IPT return as someone who lives in the United Kingdom and who knows how much that meant to the British and Irish poker community, how much love there is for that tour. And once we get some dates in the calendar, have to make sure I get to at least one of those events. Dude, you know at this point, right? Like, I'm all about the small local tours. I've been participating over here on this side of the world. It's really fun. I hope, I, I can't wait for those dates to be announced. Hopefully, I get eventually, uh, maybe one lines up when I'm in Europe. I would love to go play one. I never got the chance back in the day. So, I'm super, super excited for this news. Yeah. And of course, I mentioned the Bounty Builder series and the Sunday Million streams. Of course, what people really want to know about is streaming of live events. Now, we've already said that we've got Prague next month, and we are going to have five days of Prague main event coverage coming your way. That's going to be from the 12th to the 16th of March. And with Monte Carlo being announced, 
obviously we'll be taking the team to Monte Carlo as well. It's our aspiration to stream the Super High Roller final table and the last five days of the main event. As ever, with anything related to any kind of event being staged, still in asterisk. a global pandemic, the asterisk is there. But yes, whilst we have to put health, safety, the welfare of players and staff first, and that means things are subject to change, the plan right now is to go to Monte Carlo in May and do six days of live streaming after the five-day stream we're going to be doing from Prague in March. I'm so glad you hit me with some good news because uh, I was checking out the Discord and, oh, yeah. uh, where, I, where I asked for a ruling and I had to stop reading them because I was so angry with the stupidity and the unfairness and the whatever other bad words I can use. I warned you last week. You turn control over to the people. What do you expect? Never Joe, give never give the heckler the microphone. We are going to get to that later because we only get one victory lap. We have to make the most of it. The Global Poker Awards. And my shock is genuine. My surprise. I literally thought you were trolling me when you texted me to say that we'd actually won. Yeah, I, 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 I would never do that. And I understand that that would be a thing. But honestly, uh, when it happened, I said this on our Monday broadcast. I, I've, I, got, I got away with one of my two yearly swears. When uh, they announced we won, I was like, oh, shit. Like, I really, I said that out loud. Um, and I, I was genuinely shocked. I'm not being fake humble. Uh, and I don't mean a dog or own show, but like, I guess it was our turn. Um, you know, we've been at this a while. Well, more on that in a moment, because I do have some thoughts on it, but carry on. Okay, so I I hope, by the way, all I can say is I hope everyone on that side of the Atlantic was okay with what I said receiving it, because um, I, 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 I prepared two two speeches just in case, right? But they, there was like, I didn't know what to do if like one won and the other didn't, and there was like, I didn't know how to like make them all overlap and so I, I didn't really give the, this the, the the best speech I could have, uh, and it's like too important to not prepare something, right? Like Spraggy got up there and just off the top of his head did a great speech, and I was like, I, it's I I can't leave people out. I can't do this. That I, I hope you guys were okay. I with, I, I thought what you said was perfect, Joe. Okay. And okay, also, good. thank you for highlighting Spraggy as well, who yeah. a very deserving winner of best streamer. I think. A lot of people suspected that, especially if you've got people voting in categories who maybe aren't the biggest consumers of content, and maybe they'd be thinking, Twitch, don't watch it. But I know Lex Veldhaus is the world's biggest Twitch streamer, vote for Lex. And this speaks to what we talked about with Eric Danny on last week's show, is yeah. making sure that the people who do vote for specific categories are actually embedded in that world. And clearly people... And it's still subjective, of course, and this is taking sure. nothing away from Lex, but clearly people who were aware of other streamers and were able to kind of highlight the work that some other people are doing on that platform. Totally. And it was a year that, that Lex wasn't as present as Spraggy was, right? So it makes sense that it would have been sort of weird if Lex won, which, by the way, I found out that night that a lot more people listened to the show than I really thought. Like, people came up to me and said things about the show, not just like, good job, pat on the back. For example, uh, people that weren't that present but won an award anyway, Matt Savage came up to me and grabbed me by the back of the neck, and he's like, I'm nominated for next year already? Like, he listens to the show every week when it comes out. That's crazy. Uh, 
Yeah, which which is cool. Hey, Matt, what's up? Thanks for listening. But also, you know, as far as like winners and snubs are concerned, Matt was like, I, I should not have won this. Like, I really didn't even work that much so last Matt year. Savage was named industry person of the year. Yes. Um, uh, congratulations to him. Um, a couple of other winners I just want to quickly highlight. Sure. I know we'll obviously talk about more people in a moment, but Lance Bradley uh, was another person who we joked about on last week's episode. Lance did win best written content for the interview that he did with Isai Scheinberg to mark the 20th anniversary of PokerStars. Um, and again, the World Series of Poker main event, again, Eric mentioned last week, it doesn't always win. The PSPC won one year, but the fact that that event was able to go ahead and was as big and successful as it was, that feels very deserved. For sure. And a couple of things I wanted to highlight that aren't awards specifically is that uh, Jeff Platt and Dre Renee did an absolutely incredible job hosting the thing. I think you'll find, Joe, that is best broadcaster or broadcaster of the year, Jeff That's Platt. right. Bro- broadcaster of the year, a well-deserved, uh, uh, what is it? Award? I don't want to say award. I want to say a better word than that. doesn't matter. That's why he's broadcaster of the year and I'm just on a podcast. Um, yes. And Jeff absolutely crushed it. And, uh, to to his credit and the credit of the production team, it was the best I had ever seen the awards run. They really treated it like a real show this year. It was structured. It was ba bop ba bop ba bop. They had obviously rehearsed it. They had obviously really put in a lot of effort to make it like a real award show. So hats off to the entire team who put on uh, that entire production. It was really the best I'd ever seen it. Uh, Kev Math got an award, which I'm always happy to see Kev Math recognized. I tried to get a standing ovation. It was like me and two other people. Sorry. Uh, just to be clear, we talked with this about Eric. Kev Math was nominated for Twitter Personality of the Year. He didn't Not what win he that award. Correct. That was given to Jamie Kerstetter. But yes. Kev Math got the Hendon Mob Award? What's that? I think they made up an award to give Kev Math for his dedication and just all being an all-around utility infielder for... Nice the poker industry. And now that he works for the GPI, he's going to be ineligible. So it was kind of his last chance. I mean, assuming he doesn't get fired, which I don't think ever happens, uh, you know, it's his last chance to take home an award. So I think that, yes, it was maybe a category that was specifically tailored to him, but still very well deserved. Like if anyone deserves to have a category and give, give them something before they're no longer eligible, it is Kev math. Now we already discussed this. <laughs> on Monday's live yeah. stream, what we're calling hashtag trophy gate. And the reason why you do not actually have the global poker award trophy for best podcast in your possession. Yeah. So first of all, I was actually pretty mad at you when I was like, we won. And all you could focus on was that I didn't have the trophy anymore. Because I want to show it to the people. Okay. We could have done our victory lap on the live stream. You could have been, you could have held it up for the so- fans to see. In in unrelated news, they made up two trophies so that we can each have one. And obviously, this trophy does not belong to us individually. I understand why they would give one to each of us, but there are how many people are on the Zoom call right now? There's five other people just right now who are working on the show. More later on, more in pre-production, more helping us get guests, and all of those people deserve to be recognized. Uh, for what's happened here. Uh, Luckily, as I said in my speech, James and I get to be the recipient of all the praise and hold the trophy. Uh, So (laughs) I held the trophy for a certain amount of time. uh, And then I I set it on a table next to my girlfriend, my lovely girlfriend who 
suffers with a smile all of this fucking bullshit that I go through, glad handing everybody and ignoring her for hours on end. And I came back to the table where she was standing. And I was like, where, where's the, where, where's, the, where's the trophy? Not blaming you, not blaming you, but but the I put the trophy here and it's it's not here anymore. And she was like, I I I don't know. I I I, I mean, I didn't do anything with it, and um, I knew that this wasn't my fault. It wasn't my fault. It wasn't like I left it for hours. I, I, I set it down. I went to the bathroom. I grabbed a drink for the bar. I came back. It was gone. And what I figured happened did happen. There was someone there who was somehow drunker than I was, which is a difficult task to pull off. Let me tell you, especially when it's an open bar, I'm going to get my money's worth. It turns out that there was one trophy left behind at the, all of this, uh, at, at the end of all this, which was uh, tournament director of the year. Mr. Paul Campbell picked up my trophy picked up our trophy uh, and and walked away with it. And there was a tournament director of the year trophy left behind that I thought, yes, I could like take this and have it be like a funny bit, but I don't want to overcomplicate things. Let's just leave it here. Paul works here at Aria. He can get his trophy. Paul DM me the next day. He was like, I'm a dodo. I'm really sorry. I took your trophy. I was like, dude, no worries. Bring it back to, to Aria. Somebody will figure out how to get it to me and James. Exactly. Uh, just to highlight a few other winners. Uh, sorry, we can't name everyone, but Christian Zetcher got yes. best live tournament reporter. Remco Rinkema won the best media content video award. Brad Owen was named best vlogger. Um, I believe Maria Konnikova won a prize as well for her book. She did. It was, and it was another sort of category just for her, but again, well-deserved. And you know you're big time when like you don't show up to collect your awards anymore. You just like send a video. That's what uh, Maria was like, had one of those like, oh, hey, it, which by the way, I, it's totally understandable, especially given the current state of the world. You can't always just like fly cross country, but that must be like a cool feeling when you have such a great year yeah. where you're like, oh yeah, no, thank you so much for this. But here's, a, here's, a, here's an MPEG of my acceptance speech. Um, so to go back to what you were saying, Joe, about maybe it was just our year, I would say that in retrospect, looking back at the podcast we released in 2021, we were very lucky to have an array of guests, a really diverse range of guests who I do think elevated the show to award-winning status. And I think it's because of their contributions, it's because of those interviews that the show's the podcast was so well regarded. If you think about the people we spoke to, from the world of showbiz, people like John Hamm, Paul Schrader, Kim Caramelli, Reese James, Colin Murray, True Geordie. Uh, and then if you look at people from the poker world, uh, the fact that Eric Seidel made his first ever appearance on a poker podcast, cool. Antonio Svendiari, Maria Ho, online beasts like Giraffe Ganger and Neil Farrell, Feraldo, and then the up-and-comers like Bowie Effect uh, and Proud Flop. Vanessa Cade, the Sunday Million Anniversary champ, it was a really interesting mix of personalities and the content was mixed as well. The celebration of our 20th anniversary, profiles of players, our poker movie specials, our reviews of Money Plane and Danny's Game, our breakdown of Casino Royale on its 15th anniversary with Dr. Tom Sandbrook. There was some really good stuff. So... It it sounds a lot better when you lay it all like that out like that, right? I guess as we were doing it, it I guess it never really feels that special. But I, I will say that you and I put in, like there were nights I stayed up literally all night worrying about this show. So uh, it is nice to be recognized. In the words of my girlfriend, she was like, you have to win. She was very confident. She was like, you have to win. You had John Hamm. 
That was her only <laughs> requirement is that we had John Hand. And if I could give a very special shout out to, to Josh Molina, who helped us secure some of the great guests we've had over the years, uh, not just the past year, but he helped us get John Hamm. He helped us get Aaron Sorkin a, a little while ago. And so just extra special thanks to Josh, who's really been a great friend of the show. Can he get us Mel Gibson? <laughs> I don't think there's any chance he can get us Mel Gibson. Ultimately, in conclusion, in summary, it is the guest's that make this show and on that subject we are joined this week by another global poker award winner it is the recipient of the charitable initiative award veronica brill welcome to the podcast thank you so much uh i feel like i've been here all my life almost (laughs) this preparation veronica just to clear things up you aren't the charitable initiative right it's for a, a charitable initiative that you did it's a little bit of both, you know. They had to give me something since I'm a part of Poker Go. I uh, know that <laughs> I thought I was going to win Streamer of the Year, and then I ended up with this one. It's kind of odd, right? Oh well, look, congratulations! And I think the best place to start is that for anyone who doesn't know the story, please tell the tale of KL and the Van. Yeah, I um, had KL on my podcast. We got connected on uh, Twitter. Had him on my podcast and was interviewing him, just this young, you know, entrepreneur playing poker online. Um, and then he just let it slip that he can't go anywhere. And then I started questioning him about it. Like, what are you talking about? What do you mean you can't go anywhere? You can't the wheelchair the wasn't a giveaway? Well, I assumed he had a van. And he told me the van that his family used for him had broken down like a couple of years prior. And he basically had been stuck at home. And I was just in shock. Uh, so I, I I started a GoFundMe. I linked it to his parents' bank account. And um, I, I tried doing some fundraising. I think we got up to like $5,000 initially. And it was probably all Ryan LaPlante. Uh, <laughs> so um, I started this kind of, uh, I guess, like, not an advertisement, but I, I started saying like, look, let's raise some money so we can all get uh, KL to World Series of Poker so we can stack him. So it was just kind of a, a <laughs> funny kind of twist on it. And I made this like uh, parody video, like all of us talking about how we just need to stack KL and, uh, and you know, how, how good it's going to be once we get him to Vegas to stack him. So that's how it started. And then the pandemic hit and... Um, really lost momentum. The economy went downhill. And then when I heard that the World Series of Poker was going to be held uh, in 21, I thought I need to, I need to do something. We need to get this ball rolling again. So that's when you were like, cough uh, it up. You cheap fucks. You're going to come up with money to go play the world (laughs) series. You can come up with a little cash for the van. Oh, this is this, this is the type of podcast we're on. Yes. Yeah. So I said, yeah, you cheap fucks. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I started, I decided to do a fundraiser. And before the fundraiser, I thought, um, I know. So if we backtrack a little bit, uh, um, Bill Perkins had been helping me with my legal fees. Uh, because we'll get my to that eventually. Sued me. Yeah. But uh, the money that he he gave, it went to a trust. I never had the money. Um, but I know that there was some extra sitting in that trust and I thought, you know, I could get him to, to give 25,000 to KL 
and I thought, okay, well, you've got like, you know, this much left. Uh, do you think you could send some to KL before I uh, send it all back to you? Um, but yeah, so I, I sat in the parking lot of my job on my lunch break, talking to Bill Perkins, trying to convince him to match um, 25000 of what I, what I raise. So when I, when I raised 50, I called him and he's like, Oh, you don't need my 25,000 anymore. I'm like, no, 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 no. The van's like $85,000. Like I need your 25,000 now. So he's like, okay. So he sent it over to KL. So that was cool. That is cool. And uh, Joe, you've talked about KL before on the podcast and he does have a very dark sense of humor and kind of wants to be roasted, wants to be mocked all the time. Yeah, he does. And I, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, some, I'm always afraid that I'm going to do what he wants me to do and roast him and someone's going to take that out of context, be like, holy shit, it's like Stapes making fun of this kid in a wheelchair. That That is what he has requested of me. It's the least I can do. Um, and he, he gives as good as he gets, uh, to be fair. Uh, Veronica... Also, like, so Bill was like sort of an angel in the outfield uh, for this sort of thing, but he wasn't the only one, right? There were a couple people uh, who also were like big contributing factors to this other than Bill Perkins, right? Let's talk about a drunk tweet by Johnny Vibes. That's the one. That's what I was aiming at. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I basically reached out to every single poker celebrity out there and I was like, hey, can you be part of the, uh, part of the fundraiser? Because I was going to do like a five hour fundraiser <clears throat> and I... And I said, if you can't be a part of the fundraiser, can you at least record a video? Johnny Vibes was like, you know what? I'll record a video. I'm at a wedding in Mexico. A bunch of people were at someone, some famous poker player's wedding in Mexico that day. And I was like, sure, I'll take the video. Apparently, he got the feels while he was in Mexico and he got drunk and he tweeted, for every retweet, I will give $5. And, and we ended up getting about $10,000 worth of retweets. Doug Polk retweeted him and said, this is a good cause. And I know he was like needling him. because It's 50-50 for Doug, right? Like he could do something good and fuck someone at the same time. And, and if he can get those two things done at the same time, he'll love it. He's on Absolutely. it. So yeah. And, and uh, it just gained a lot of momentum. And, um, and here we are. We got that $10,000. And, and Johnny Vibes was a good sport about it. And has the van been delivered? It exists. It's there. He's got it. He got it before the series. Yeah. Yeah. He uh, recorded some videos, sent them out. I mean, you saw the video during the award ceremony that of him and his van. And it's actually an SUV. It's actually an SUV. Ooh. So one thing we didn't do, we were supposed to put um, get a wrap of uh, around... You know, we were supposed to get a wrap for it with Johnny Vibes' face on it because we were like, if we get 10,000 <laughs> from Johnny Vibes... But then it wasn't cost effective because that that like four thousand dollars we could have you know had used. Maybe like okay, we can something. get the wrap of Johnny Vibes, but unfortunately, then it won't be wheelchair accessible. We're gonna lose right, that right. aspect of the van. Yeah. So we we needed to you know keep that in consideration. But in my mind, there's a wrap of Johnny Vibes' face on that van. That. That's what Love should it. have happened. Um, so, Veronica, you brought up the subject of legal fees. Many people will still know you as the person who blew the whistle in the Postlegate scandal. Um, I have to yeah. check because otherwise the Pokestars legal team are going to get very nervous. Is everything resolved now? Are all cases settled? Is everything resolved? Yeah, all cases are settled. Uh, everyone lost. Absolutely everyone. Apart the, lawyers from the lawyers all won. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's, uh, isn't that yep. true of every case? Wait, b b he sued a bunch of people, but... It, 
in you winning your version of this, did that help out the other people who were being sued at the same time? So a couple of us um, submitted a um, anti-slap and uh, that anti-slap basically helped everyone else because we, he, he withdrew as soon as we filed that. And he didn't realize that when he withdraws, he owes me my legal fees for the anti-slap. So I was awarded like $27,000, even though it was more than that. Sure. Um, so yeah. I, um, what was the original question? <laughs> the original question was, did you, by you paying it those did, legal fees, did you sort of rescue some yeah. of the other people from having to pay those legal yeah, fees? Yeah. So the anti-slap basically put, froze him and um, he withdrew from everyone else. So he was like suing Doug Polk, Joey Ingram, ESPN, like, and, and Joey Ingram is an interesting one in this. Like, I listened to his last uh, interview when that he did with Johnny Vibes, ironically, and he said this whole thing just ruined his life. And I just feel so bad for it because he was the original person who helped me with that cheating scandal. So someone needs to go out into the jungle and get Joe Ingram back, by the way. Nobody knows where he is. I, I don't I don't know if you have a line on that at all. But yeah. Did you see me tweet? I put up like um, a picture of uh, Tom Hanks from uh, what's that movie he did? Castaway, uh, where he I would guess. Castaway. Yeah. And I was like, I, ha- I literally had a dream of Joey Ingram and I like went to some tropical island on vacation and I saw him in the woods like that. I have no idea where he is. Um, he doesn't reach out to me very much to begin with. So uh, his friends tell me he's OK. OK, that's good to know. Glad you mentioned to um, you mentioned during uh, your explanation of the last question that you're now a U.S. citizen. Can we get a little bit of the Veronica life story? I know you've probably done it other places, but our audience may not know. Um, I don't hear very much of an accent. Like, wh- what's your deal? Yeah, I was born in Poland, escaped Poland when it was communist um, in the mid 80s and moved to Canada. So that's why I don't have a Polish accent. I do have a Canadian accent, though. My friends at work make fun of me for it. But uh, it's I, the only accent we can make fun of people still for having, right? Like anything <laughs> else, you're like, oh, that's that's a little out of line these days. So why is well, Canada yeah, that, fair game? I, I don't know. Yeah, it is. Also, I think like um, funny American accents are fair game too. Sure, 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 sure. That's true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was raised in Canada. I moved to the states when I was like. 30, 31, and I've been here ever since. And you have a, uh, a, a I mean, you really skipped over a bunch of things there because you're a, a fairly- <laughs> Sometimes for good reason, yeah. I, I yeah. understand that there's some some tragedy in there as well, but like there's plenty uh, of like great successes in your life as far as things you've accomplished and different careers that you've had. Tell us about those, please. Yeah, so I used to be a nurse uh, and- yeah. Um, I did my undergrad in in Canada, actually. So I I was a nurse. I was playing. I actually was playing poker, and uh, back then, <laughs> in the good old days, poker was a lot easier. And I was uh, playing in some casino that's like two hours south of um, an oil sands, uh, a oil oh, sands refinery. Nice. And so these these guys were like dropping out of high school in tenth grade. And um, making two hundred fifty thousand a year, three hundred thousand a year, coming down to the casino on weekends and dusting off like twenty k, and we would just sit at the poker tables and just wait for these old oil rig workers who were just like not the smartest, 
And, the, you know, if they saw Ace King, they just like, it, they were just like a train with no brakes. Like it didn't matter. Actually, you know, seven deuce too. They just, they just didn't care. They just had the money. And so we would just sit and vacuum up the chips and it was just playing ABC. I wasn't doing anything special. So the motivation to uh, study at that point was not there because it was just coming in so easily. And then, you know, the game, the game changed and, and got a little more difficult. So, so I, paid, when did, I paid for a lot of my tuition that way, too. When did you leave nursing behind? What was the rationale behind that? And, and when and for what reason? Uh, so I was coming home. My last nursing job was in Las Vegas, <laughs> ironically, at, at Summerlin Hospital. I would come home uh, crying in the fetal position every day because it's an absolutely terrible job. There's no safe ratios for patient to nurse. And um, I absolutely hated it. And I was looking to go to law school or go to- Sorry, was it just like the severity of the things you were dealing with every day or the workload or- Just getting yelled at by people, not getting a break, um, being on my feet for 13 hours. And I was scheduled for a 12-hour shift, but I had to be there half an hour early to get report and stayed half, half an hour late to give report. Absolutely- I mean, I wouldn't say it's a thankless job, but like, I'm not looking for pizza as a thank you. It, it was just a really not, I just, it, it wasn't for me. I was so miserable and I wasn't helping my patients when I was that miserable. And uh, so I started applying for every job I wasn't qualified for anything that was like a desk job. And I was looking at law school. I started working at a law firm in, in Las Vegas because I wanted, I was, I was interning initially and then they gave me a job but I just wanted to go to law school. I wanted to have some sort of job where I didn't have to be serving patients. And uh, then some uh, recruiter uh, contacted me. She liked my resume. She said, there's a healthcare company. It's a tech job in healthcare. What do you think about you know, interviewing for it? And I did. Uh, I looked up the position. I had no idea what it was that the position actually did, but I researched as much as I could. And I went to the interview and, um, they, they told me that they could tell that I didn't know what the fuck I was talking about, but they liked, <laughs> they liked how passionate I was and they liked that I was willing to learn and they, like hired, this they gave me a chance. Sorry. Kind of like this interview. Like we can tell you don't know what the fuck you're talking about, but we like you. There's like a general good <laughs> right, vibe yeah. about Pretty you. Pretty much. That's how it is on poker after dark too. So, uh, yeah, I, uh, so they gave me a chance and I've been in tech ever since. So, so what is your kind of, if you describe yourself now, um, obviously you've got poker media work. You talked about your podcast, you're working for poker go. Uh, you're also a player. So how, how would you, how does your life compartmentalize if you had to put percentages on it? Oh, wow. Um, well, I, I would say like, I mean, I have my regular nine to five, my, my, um, systems analyst position. That's, you know, that's my full-time job. And then poker go, I would say like, that's 30% of me, which is weird. Are we, are we, uh, <laughs> counting sleep sleeps? Like, you know, sleep. No, like we're not 30%. counting sleep. Veronica. <laughs> Don't be joking. ridiculous. <laughs> Uh, Eating and then, biscuits, 3%, <laughs> drinking trap, coffee, 1.67%. Thirst traps are a big part of my business. Believe it or not, those thirst traps, I think they got me an audition at Poker Go. I'm not 100% sure. They're like, oh, we saw your YouTube channel. We like your personality. Was it not the thirst traps? <laughs> 
so, I'm sure it helped. Um, yeah. And then I, I haven't had a lot of time to play. I'm, I played when I was in Vegas this past weekend at Aria because we were all there. Yeah. Uh, I was there with Joe. Veronica blew right Joe. past me the day after the awards. <laughs> I was no. sitting at, at the gem bar waiting to hang with Veronica. And she was like, poker on the mind <laughs> later on. So question to you is, where does poker playing poker fit in now? Does it at all, unless you're having to be in Vegas for Poker After Dark, for, for the poker awards you play at, at all? anymore yeah so i still do play but i'm just not playing as often i've got the you know magnificent bay 101 casino right outside my door no no it's like a few miles away but um yeah i'm out here in the bay so there's really good action in the bay and really terrible players me probably being one of them but as um an egomaniac i still think i have some sort of edge on majority of the population they're a little they're a little psycho there's there's a ton of money out here tech money and a ton of uh, developers who think they're better at poker than they are. So it's great. But yeah, uh, I'm still I'm, playing. I'm sure you have a ton of comps at Stones still probably wow. uh, unused. Wow. <laughs> if you uh, wanted I to go. Not- <laughs> I've actually, so my first lawyer, uh, this is just crazy. I had a lawyer for when I was suing Stones and Mike Postle. And then I had a lawyer for when Mike Postle was suing me. But uh, my first <laughs> lawyer is like, we should just walk in there together and see if they 86 or, or try to 86 us or like try to kick us out. Cause then we'd have an edge on them. They probably would spot you right away. <laughs> yeah. It's, I'm a little obvious. I walk in with this big blonde mop. So. <laughs> well, Veronica, I know you've been through the ringer. I just want, you to know, I, I think you're a bit of a hero. I told you this in person. I want to say it uh, to your face here live on the podcast. And um, the, the things that you have done for the community really uh, cannot be overstated, I don't think, uh, especially given the abuse you've taken. Probably less abuse for the KL thing than for the other thing. But You guys uh, don't see what KL does behind closed doors. He really does abuse me. Also, make no mistake about it, if Joe Stapleton is coming forth with all these compliments, it's because he's setting you up for a giant fall. That's exactly true. Veronica, it's a tradition on this game that you have to play one, excuse me, on this show that you have to play one of my stupid games. And I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of doing a victory lap with the uh, the podcast winning an award. And I did not put much effort into this at all. Oh, this uh, is the one that won the award? This one? This one. This. this I mean, oh, not this episode. That's interesting. That's interesting. This, this is the podcast. Yeah, you're <laughs> I mean, on it, it now. It would be amazing if they gave an award to a show that hadn't even been recorded yet. That would be right, pretty good. Future award. Uh, this game's called the Silly Brilly Rhyming Drilly, and uh, the game doesn't even really have a hook. It's just uh, it's just puns that use brill. It's like it just rhyme, things that rhyme with brill. It's pretty bad. Um, I love the way you're somehow pretending that all the previous games were in any way good. I, this one felt worse, and <laughs> I felt like I deserved it. I felt like I deserved to phone it in one fucking week. Okay, so here we go. Question number one, James, you can help her with the first one because it. Once you get the first one, you'll understand it, but it, it's very bad. Uh, is he always this emotional, James? Yes, constantly. This okay. is the passion that wins awards. Thank you. <laughs> Question number one. Which of the following songs is a hit single by the musical act Brill C DC? Is it Hold Me, Brill Me, Kiss Me, <laughs> Shoots to Brill, a brilli lyrics, a brilli, a brilli, a brilli, or brillax, don't do it. 
it's B? B, shoot to Brill is correct. See, you didn't need any you help. It. You somehow figured out the code. You somehow cracked the game. It was game. tough. It was tough. Calculus calculus in Joe Stapes' uh, games. Do right not there, intersect neck at to all. Neck. Yeah, no. Uh, okay, only six more to go. <laughs> Question number two. BE is the periodic table symbol for which brillament? Oh. Is it brillmine, brillonium, beryllium, or manganese? Uh, let's go with A. A, brillmine. I don't even remember which one I made into that. Um, <laughs> bro, I think it's bromine. Is incorrect. We're looking for beryllium on that beryllium. one. Beryllium. You're one and one. Question number three. The new Jack Reacher series from Amazon is based on which Jack Reacher novel? Is it The Brilling Floor, A Time to Brill, One Shot, One Brill, or Infinite Jest? Um, B. A Time to Brill is a John Grisham novel uh, during which film my mother stood up and yelled, You go, girl. Uh, embarrassing me in front of the entire uh, studio audience. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a different story for a different time. Uh, question number four. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Which was the actual yeah. answer? Oh, then? the answer was the, the brilling floor okay. or, or the killing floor okay. uh, is the Jack Reacher novel uh, that uh, the Amazon show is based on. Uh, question number four. Which TV show is executive produced by Rounders writers Brillian Koppelbrill oh and David oh, I know Brillveen? I mean, is you it, weren't kidding when you said this was shit. Is it Brilliance? Brilling Eve? We can just stop. It's Brilliance. Brilliance is correct. Or or was it Brilly, Brillthons, Brilling, Circus Brill? I mean, oh, could, he just wanted to tell everyone all his, all his like intellectual uh, answers that he I'm came up with. going to say that we could just take Veronica literally when she says, can we just stop? <laughs> You're two and two. You're two and two. You're you're almost at a winning score. You know, the, he follows me on Twitter. That's like my sick brag. That James follows you on Twitter. That no, that uh, oh Brian Koppelman does. Yeah, 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 no, yeah. That, yeah, that is a sick brag. I like every time he gives me like a little like, like a little courtesy like. I'm like, oh, someone important right? like my shit. Feels good. Question number five. Not oh, as good as getting more. this questionable okay. field. Yeah, there's 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 uh, three more. Okay, question number five. This egg laying mammal. Is endemic to Eastern Australbril and Tasmania Brill. Is it the Tasmanian Dev Brill, the Rednecked Wallabril, the Duck Brilled Platypus, or Crocodile Dundee? Uh, A. The Tasmanian Dev Brill is incorrect. We're <gasps> looking for the Duck Brilled Platypus, a mammal, an egg laying mammal. An egg yeah. Laying, the Duck Brilled platypus it's okay australia it's is full of really fucked up creatures most of which will kill you that's correct uh, including isn't the duckbill platypus um poisonous but we they just don't bite people so we don't know i i thought i read that sure i'll give you a point for that that's fine whatever we just make <laughs> things up here anyway question so number I six is, i hope this is a hundred questions i can't wait this is great <laughs> two more questions just two more here we go question number six this famous criminal was also known by the pseudonym Brilliam H. Bonham. Is it Brilly the Kid, 
John Wayne Brilsey, the Zodiac Briller, or Elizabeth Holmes? James, you're my lifeline. You, you can Hector a heart again. That's that's allowed. I'm trying to work out what the real name is. I literally can't work it out from this. The real name is William H. Bonham. That wasn't Billy the Kid, was it? Maybe it was. My serial killer um, knowledge is not good. I'm going to go with Billy the Kid. Sorry. Yeah. Really the Brilly Kid? Really the Kid. Really the Kid is correct. You're back to a tied score, Veronica. Here we go. Last question. Thanks, James. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Uh, it's an easy one. What's What it's do I win, by the way? I want to know. Close that. it out here. You win nothing. You only can lose. Everyone loses in these games. <laughs> like, literally, the audience loses. We lose. Everyone loses. Question number seven. The brill fish is a part of what family of fish? Is it Abyssicatati? Abyssicatati. We're going with Abyssicatati. Acantheridii. Actinopterygii. Or the Partridge family? It's obviously the Partridge family. Partridge family. Incorrect. Very close. <laughs> we were looking for Actinopterygii. So close. It was so, so close. So close. <laughs> I'll, I'll take. I'll, you know what? I'll I'll take the blame for that last question. If I pronounce them correctly, you're you're a guest yeah, in this country. Yeah, it's the pronunciation that Joe, I had yeah. trouble with. You're I, taking I the blame. You're taking the blame for all those questions, not just the last <laughs> one. That that was tough. And Veronica, I'm so sorry that you had to be subjected to that. Uh, thank you for taking the time. Outside of your nine to five she's job like and everything else, she's so I'm rubbing frustrated. my face she's, and I'm just thinking like... about the therapy session I'm going to have to have later today. I know. I am so sorry, but seriously, thank you for coming on the show, taking the time to speak to us today. Thank you, Veronica. No, thank you, thank you for your time, and I appreciate you guys, your guys' patience. And congrats. Congrats to you guys as well. That was uh, well deserved. Okay, for this week's edition of Can I Get a Rolling, we are passing our wigs and robes to the audience. That is right, Joe's babies. You are the judges in case number 216420 with friends like these sent in by Stapes. So I was recently on a poker trip with my friend Maria Ho. Maria is a very good friend, has been very generous with me on many occasions, including this most recent trip to the NASCAR Foundation Charity Poker Tournament in Daytona, Florida. We took a red-eye Monday night at 10 p.m., landed at 5 a.m., got to our hotel at 7.30 a.m. local. We napped a bit, got some lunch, and then more or less headed out to the event. We got back to the room around midnight and were settling down around 1.30 a.m., at which point Maria went about booking her car for a 4.45 a.m. pickup. All right, three hours and 15 minutes from said time. Since she needed to be in Las Vegas by noon, she needed an early flight. I stayed so I could do the podcast at 10 a.m. loco. I'm following. Here's where things took a turn. Maria then asked me if her Uber driver ended up looking suspect and or making her feel uncomfortable, would I ride to the airport with her and then back to the room? My answer to this was a clear, concise, resounding Absolutely not, which Maria did take some exception to. 
I told her there was any number of things I'd be willing to do for her, including uh, wiring her every penny that I own to my name, no questions asked, or being tested to see if I was compatible as a kidney donor, but there is no fucking way I would ride (laughs) with her to the airport at five o'clock in the morning. Maybe, maybe I would have done it if I were staying there and like chillaxing another day or two, but getting no sleep after a night of no sleep and heading into another day night of no sleep was a big fat no question. Does this make me a bad friend? For the record, Joe, I am on your side. Maria, if you don't trust Uber, pay more for a better car service. However, the decision isn't down to me. Thank you to everyone who posted on Discord. And here are two of the best responses as selected by Patrick. The first comes from Sampai, who we humiliated on this show last week. (laughs) Sam writes, First off, welcome to the Discord channel. I hate to start on a negative, but this is clearly a noob post. This is a PokerStars Discord channel, not some kind of agony aunt column. (laughs) That said, here are my thoughts. You're fine. In fact, I applaud you for giving her such an emphatic answer and leaving absolutely no room for negotiation. This was definitely a plus EV play when dealing with someone who could steal one of your kidneys by simply asking. Agreed. Thank you. End of story. Very ruling done. Ha, End uh, of. Uh, 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 I said there would be two, and this is the definitive ruling from Don Pre. If I may reference the dictionary definition of a friend, you have done nothing wrong, Stapes. Oh, however, great, perfect, done. However, if one is to adhere to the immortal, wise, and beautifully scripted words from the Friends theme tune, and I quote, I'll be there for you, you should have agreed to go with Maria and be there for her. Case dismissed. Ruling in favor of Maria Ho. Uh, congrats Rigged. to those two guys. Uh, Don Pree, Sampai, you're going to get signed Poker in the Ears commemorative artwork card things. If you watch the live stream on Monday, uh, we'll, we'll wave them in front of the camera so you know what you're going to be getting. And uh, talking about live streams, and if you like free shit, don't forget we are running free rolls during those streams. We are awarding tickets to the must-play MTT of the year, the $10 million guaranteed Sunday Million anniversary. So if you watch us... Watch people play online poker. We're live on Twitch and YouTube, 6.30 p.m. GMT every Monday. Listen out for details next week of the free roll. 50 seats in the prize pool. And maybe, Joe, just maybe, we can give away a ticket right now. Time to introduce this week's superfan. Wayne Gartner, I'm going to be extra, extra nice to you because I know that Joe was not happy, not happy about your superfan subject selection. No, thanks for that, James. And yeah, I was saying on the Discord that I don't even know if Joe's actually watched the movie at this point. So, I was not happy to be assigned this movie. I was not happy to sit down and watch this movie. I was almost entirely happy watching this movie. Oh, I, I liked almost all of it. I, I, in fact, loved it. The ending was a little whack. I'm not gonna lie. The ending, like the the third act, kind of falls apart a little bit. But almost yeah. everything else about it, I really loved the themes, the messages, a more realistic version of Frankenstein, which is he definitely would have made something he could fuck. 
I'm glad. I'm glad it was a delight. And the thing is, Joe, if we go back a couple of years, we had people picking movies like Pool Hall Junkies and Battlefield Earth as superfan subjects. This isn't even in the same sport, let no. alone the same ballpark as those films. Um, Wayne, we'll talk a bit more about the Rocky Horror Picture Show in a moment. Let's talk about you. Tell us about yourself. What is your deal, bro? Yeah, so as you can tell from the accent, I'm one of the Aussie fans that you have for the podcast. So don't get to play for real money on Pokestars, unfortunately. But I could not tell from in, the accent. Thank you for telling me. I'm, <laughs> I'm terrible with all that. Yep. So by, back in the day, I was playing on Pokestars and now it's just playing silly cash games with my mates and most of the time just having fun with it. And I continue the tradition of working in IT, so you know, <laughs> not in any way changing up that, but... I'm also involved with field hockey as an umpire, so completely non-related subject matters. Where it's like an what, IT person what does, has nothing to do with sport. What does an umpire have to do in field hockey? Uh, j- judging fouls, not getting hit with a stick is rule number yeah, right. one, I'd imagine. Yeah, don't get hit with a stick. I've been hit with a ball a couple of times, and yeah, you know, it's one of those things that is kind of a thing in the sport. But I do the local comp here in Canberra, so. I'm in no way actually good at it, but, you know, yeah, the players will remind Canberra, me every game that I'm not good the, at it. The capital of Australia. Yeah. Look at you showing off. Put a point on Australian the board for me right there. Geography were the subjects Award-winning of this Award-winning podcast point. Boom, right there. Yeah. Uh, so, Wayne, as you mentioned, not a Real Money Pokestars player, but the fact that you get to play home games with friends means you can potentially show off in some Pokestar swag or maybe we can give you some merch that you can use in those cash games. Why did you pick this film? Is it a personal favourite? Yeah, it's probably one of my favourite films of all time. I've seen it way too many times to count and I've seen it in the cinemas both here in Australia at the Film and Sound Archive and also when I went to the US I saw it in Orlando and in LA as well with the Shadowcast there. So uh, the way that... Oh, sorry, Joe. There's no, so I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but there used to be like a midnight screening every week in LA and I made plans to see like dozens of times and never did. Is, is that the one like uh, in West LA by uh, by Century City, by the 405, right by the freeway? I think that we wanted the Newark Theater, I think it was. The Newark. Okay, the Newark. Fantastic. Really cool. It was about awesome. a 15 minute Uber from Santa Monica. Yeah. So cool. I just remember like walking out of the theater, I'm like, it's three o'clock in the morning. I have no clue where I am. It's like, hmm, this is probably not the smartest thing I've ever done. So the most important question, Wayne, which obviously is not one of Patrick's questions, which character do you dress up as? Um, I'm actually pretty lazy with it. So I just go as one of the Transylvanians because you can dress up as whatever. That's so, fine. Um, Christopher Biggins, I mean, been, he was one of the Transylvanians. Because I was looking at doing Eddie for one of them and just it got to the point where I'm like, I can't find all the materials. My just goes one of the Transylvanians. It's easy. Yeah. Okay, so we are playing for PokerStars merch. Ten questions, multiple choice options available if you need them. Um, Suffice to say, Patrick was mildly confused by this film, and it wasn't his type of motion picture. Uh, By the way, I was confused by this film in a great way, like sexually confused by it. I was like, this is amazing. Like, I don't know how to feel about anything that's happening here, and I enjoyed that. I'm glad, Joe. Uh, (laughs) You don't get to go first. Wayne gets to go first, so please give me a number between one and ten. Um, I'll take Joe's lucky number nine if I could. Oh, I like it. I like it. Um, what type of meat do the guests eat at dinner? So in the movie itself, it looks like a turkey sort of a meat, but it's supposed to be the body of Eddie is what they're eating. They're eating the flesh of Eddie for two points. I would not have gotten that. Thank you for choosing that one, Wayne. I'm running good so far. (laughs) 
How would you have not got that when you watched the movie last night? Not last night, like a couple of hours ago, <laughs> which is part of the problem. Okay. Um, so there is an optimal time for you to see a film. If you've seen it too long ago, you forget it. If you've seen it too recently, it hasn't yet etched its way into If it's into too recently, but after midnight, there are some things that are going to just slip through the cracks, unfortunately. Okay. So, okay, okay I'm going to go Always Coming 7. Let's go. Let's flip, let's flip the roles here. <laughs> okay. Which character is the first to be turned into stone by Dr. Frankenfurter's Medusa Transducer? Brad is the first to be turned to stone. He is for two points. Tied game after the first round. Loving it. Wayne, any number other than seven or nine? Um, we'll go back to the start. Number one. Number one. Janet's maiden name, please. Janet Weiss. you got to wise up. Janet Weiss. Joe. Weiss, I would have taken also. Uh, let's go two. Let's go. Come on. Let's go. Let's go in order. Okay. How does Dr. Frankenfurter bring Dr. Scott through the house to him? What does he use? I think I know this one. I'm not saying this answer. I'm probably going to take the choices, but I think he uses the elevator, but I'll take the choices. Does he use a laser? Does he use a transporter? Does he use a magnet? Or does he use his servants? Mm, there's a lot of lasers in the movie. But a laser and a transporter are kind of the same thing. A magnet, because he's in a wheelchair, right? I'm going to go with a magnet. Correct. Logic applied, and you get a point. <laughs> uh, which number would you like next, Wayne? Uh, number three, please. Number three. What did Janet, Brad, and Dr. Scott call Dr. Frankenfurter before they get turned to stone? Uh, a hot dog. A hot dog for two points. Joe, four, five, six, eight, or ten? I feel like I'm doing pretty good here, but I'm going to get shellacked anyway. Uh, question four. Let's just go with that one. Nice, easy one. What nationality is Dr. Scott revealed to be? The clues in the accent, Joe. Was a pretty. Uh, did, do we not just go over the fact that I'm not great with accents? Uh, I'll take the choices. German, American, French, or an alien? German. He is German for a point. Okay. Okay. Uh, four questions left, Wayne. Five, six, eight, or ten? I'll go five, please. Which actor plays Brad Majors? Uh, Barry Boswick. For two points. Joe, six, eight, or ten? I'm in big trouble. Six. What is the first song that Rocky Horror sings? And here's a hashtag fun fact. It was missing from the soundtrack album when that was first released. I, I, I wouldn't know the name off the top of my head. I need the choices. Is it I Can Make You a Man, Sword of Damocles, The Time Warp, or Wild and Untamed Thing? I think it's Sword of Damocles. It is Sword of Damocles for one point. And we enter the final round. Eight or ten? Uh, eight, please. Who opens the castle door to Brad and Janet? Riff Raff. It is, of course, played by the writer Richard O'Brien. Uh, you have scored maximum points on all of your questions. You have the full complement of ten points, Wayne. Congratulations. Joe, Thank you. just close this out. What is the name of the town in which the film is set? Ooh. The town in which the film is set. Oh, wait, it's it's Dan 
Denton. I'm going to give it to you, Denton. Denton. Uh, two All points, right. which means it was relatively close. Joe, you scored seven points. That's a respectable score. Uh, actually, to score. be fair, to be fair, I had a perfect score. It would have been perfect had you not had to take the options. I missed no questions. That is true. That is true. But Wayne, as I said, max points means you are a winner. That means you are going to get the prize package that we'll put together for you and we'll send halfway around the world to Australia. Party on, Wayne. No, thanks so much, guys. And also congrats on the podcast of the year award and also to Spraggy as well for winning that award as well. Like you guys smashed out of the park this year. Thank you very much, Wayne. Thanks, and, uh, Wayne. I, God knows what awful time of day it is that you got up to do this. So thank you. Uh, it's 20 past two in the morning at the moment so. oh man oh man i'm so sorry go to bed knowing that you're a winner uh, thanks so much guys cheers wayne all right my babies that's just about all the time we have got for our award-winning victory lap show i will only bring it up 10 or 12 more times over the next couple episodes. Uh, do not forget to use Discord to comment on the show, submit your ideas, your super fan applications, and go delete all your fucking dumbass comments about me being a bad friend. You're idiots. <laughs> so next Come- week, Joe, we are yes. finally, finally going to look at the card counter. It is a Poker Movie Monday on a Wednesday, recorded on a Thursday, released on a Friday. That's right. Don't look out for the show on a Thursday. It will be released on a Friday. That's right. My friend Lauren Mann, the film's producer, the person who got me involved in the whole thing, she's going to be our guest. Uh, we're going to hear some thoughts on the film from uh, none other than James Hardigan, Joe Stapleton, Lauren Mann, and your mom. Okay, my mom. That's right. My mom had a lot to say about this movie. I've been saving it wow. for this particular episode. I think you're going to like it. Plus, analysis of the one poker hand that made it into the movie from our super high roller reviewer sam greenwood most excellent i'm very much looking forward to it just getting a a, squeezing a little bit more attention out of my role on that movie uh and we're gonna have a a a card counter super fan quiz absolutely we're gonna find out who knows more about the film that stapes actually worked on joe or random podcast listener danny hobo Danny Hobo, I love the name. I love the fact that we're going to squeeze a little bit more juice out of this award-winning podcast. But, my babies, that is all of the time we have got for this week's show. For James Hardigan, I am... Wait, hold on. For Global Poker Award-winning podcaster <laughs> James Hardigan, I am Global Poker Award-winning podcaster Joe Stapleton. Smell you later. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the sound of a deceased Equus being beaten.